0: Episode of the hold fast podcast where we have biblical truths for daily battles my name is Kenny I'm the host of the podcast um, I am recording the video from my computer this time uh, normally I do it from my phone because it's much better quality uh, but for sake of time it takes a little bit more time to uh, edit the video when I do it on my phone rather than my computer. So I'm going to do it this way this time. I apologize for that, but you don't need to see my face any clearer than you do right now anyways. Um, I want to talk about something that I actually wrote a blog post about just a few days ago on our church's website. <clears throat> In John 13:35, we have that famous verse where Jesus says, they'll know that you're my disciples Uh, by your love for one another. Um, Very uh, well-known verse and for good reason. It's a a great truth that Jesus gives us um, that we can be a witness to a lost and dying world through our love for one another. Uh, We see all throughout the Bible the importance of love. Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commandments? It's love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, And so this is a beautiful, beautiful command but what I wanna challenge is are thinking on what Jesus meant when he said uh, the world will know you're my disciples. And and I talked a little bit about this in the blog post, but I want to kind of expand that idea a little bit. Because I'm seeing more and more, and and when I say I'm seeing this uh, in this podcast specifically, please understand, I'm talking about my own heart. This is something that I have struggled with throughout my life, and I have to consistently bring myself back to the truth. i see in myself i see in the church more and more this propensity to believe that we can somehow make christianity attractive to unsaved people Um, and there's a lot of consequences to that if we think that we can make christianity attractive if we think that it's our job to make people want to come to saving faith in jesus um, we're missing the call of proclaiming the gospel and we're believing something that 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 can't happen. Um, I mean, Scripture, we don't have time to go into all the passages, but Scripture is very clear that the, the natural man cannot accept the things of God. They, they can't understand spiritual things. Um, and so when we love in a Christ-like sacrificial way, they're gonna see that we are a peculiar people, we're, we're, we're strange people in the sense that we have a love that they don't have. They're gonna see a hope that we have. And First Peter says, be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. I'm not saying that the world won't see something different and ask us like, what's going on? But I don't believe that it's true that for the unsaved person, we can make Christianity attractive. Um, In terms of making them want to be a Christian, um, they may want some of the things that we have. They may see the love that we have and go, man, I wish I had that in my life. But they're not going to automatically want to bow their knee to Christ um, just simply because of our example. Now, that's not to downplay the importance of living in a Christ-honoring way. That's not to downplay the importance of serving uh, the world and, and, and having a sacrificial service is one of our core values at Mission Way. right? We are called to do those things, and it's a good thing. And, and those things God can use to be, um, to be pathways, maybe is the word to use, to sharing the gospel with somebody. But nobody's going to become a Christian only— because you lived an exemplary life as a Christian. We should live exemplary lives as Christians. They should see authentic Christianity in us. That is important. However, that's not what's going to make them a Christian. What's going to make them a Christian is the proclamation of the gospel. Now. You may have run into this, I certainly have, where we have people who um, have seen, so for example, I've been on missions trips or even just local missions where, as a church, we're we're serving the community, we're doing something sacrificially, and people will come up to us and they'll say, man, why are you guys doing this? And you try to explain it's because of uh, Christ and what he's done for us, and uh, it's kind of at that point where they're like, okay, what you're doing is great, but I don't need religion, I don't need the message of Christianity shoved down my throat, like, you know, Great, keep doing what you're doing, but I can't buy into Christianity. I've had people, I've been a part of churches where unbelievers will come to service projects. So um, we're, just a random example, we're going to, um, to a neighborhood and we're going to fix up some homes in the neighborhood to, for some needy people. I've had unbelievers join us in those efforts, um, and we love it when they join us, but they're wanting to uh, do the good things that Christianity offers, but they're not wanting Christ, and so when Jesus says, they'll, they'll know that you're my, my disciples because of your love for one another, he's not saying when you love correctly, people are going to get saved simply because you loved correctly. He's just saying, they're gonna recognize that you're my disciples. And they recognized Peter as a disciple of Jesus on the night that Jesus was being, uh, uh, on on the night that Jesus was on trial to be crucified, they recognized Peter and they said, hey, you're one of his disciples, right? We recognize you. That wasn't a good thing for Peter. He didn't want to be recognized as a disciple. All throughout the book of Acts, as people were recognized as Christians, I mean, the, the negative connotations to some of these phrases, um, so we, we, we see the phrase in Acts, I don't know the reference off the top of my head that says they these people are turned turning the world upside down, that wasn't necessarily meant in a positive light. We take it in a positive light. We're like, yes, I love it when Christians turn the world upside down. But when the disciples of Christ were recognized in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, in the early church, even today, um, they're hated for it. We're, We're not promised that people are going to like us when we love one another. We're not promised that people are going to like us and even necessarily speak well of us Uh, When we live according to Christ's word, matter of fact, once they recognize that we are his disciples, Jesus does promise us that they'll hate us. Now, they may appreciate some of the good things you do, and I'm not saying that any time an unbeliever uh, uh, knows that someone is a Christian, they're going to hate them, um, but as a rule of thumb people hate the message of the cross unbelievers hate the message of the cross because it's a message that says they are sinners um, deserving of the wrath of god just like we all were um, before christ and that they need to repent and bow the knee to christ and and put their faith in him that's an offensive message to an unbeliever so we need to understand um, that our calling as the church is not to necessarily make the gospel and christianity attractive um and, and I believe we're, we're well-meaning in this pursuit. I am. I, I want people to understand clearly what the, what the Bible teaches about certain things. So maybe a hot topic that I can use, um, which I wish I could take time to go deeper into this, but I can't, um, homosexuality, for example. So uh, we believe that the Bible teaches that homosexuality is a sin. Now. There are people in the world who believe all kinds of wrong things and misinformation about what Christians teach about homosexuality. I want to clear up that confusion. I want them to know that, yes, we believe this is a sin, but we still love you and we want you to come to repentance and faith in Christ. It's because we love you that we're wanting to spread this message. I want to clear the air in, in things like that. But i can't back down from the truth i can't all of a sudden say wait a minute i've got to make them like me so i'm going to downplay the sin of homosexuality i'm going to downplay whatever it is the sin of greed of pride i'm going to downplay uh the the sexual sin that we see all in our culture and 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 i'm just i want them to like me i don't want them to think i'm so harsh i don't think that's the approach we're supposed to take um on the flip side we're also not supposed to take the approach that says, yeah, the world's going to hate us anyway, so let's give them a reason to hate us, right? I mean, the absolute extreme of that would be folks from Westboro Baptist, for example, right? They go out with these signs of hatred um, that, that look nothing like the God of the Bible, that look nothing like what Christians are called to. Because even as the world hates us, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. If, if, they're, if they're treating you unfairly, if they're persecuting you, um, then you, you need to love them. And as you love your enemies, you're going to heat burning coals in their head. God will be the one who brings justice to them. That's not your job. You're not called um, to necessarily defend yourself in that way. You are to love. Even as you're being persecuted, you are to love the ones who are persecuting you, who are your enemies, no matter what that persecution looks like. Um, There's a story that came to mind. It's one of my favorite accounts in the Gospels. Um, where Jesus has just fed the 5,000, right? And um, he's done this amazing miracle. He has given the people something that they needed. Um, He reached out to them, he met a physical need, um, something that the church should do, right? Jesus went out proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and he was healing people, right? He wasn't, he was primarily about the spiritual ministry of the kingdom um, and his healings were meant to point to the ultimate healing, spiritual healing that he can bring, but Jesus still loved people enough. had compassion on them because he saw them as lost and he reached out to them and he and he ministered to them so he's done that here he's he's ministered to their physical needs he's taken care of them and then they follow him and they're like we we need more food right that's what jesus says you you're following me not because of the sign necessarily but because you want your bellies to be filled And so Jesus goes on to proclaim the gospel, that he's the bread of life, that he is the living bread that has come down from heaven. Uh, And he's pointing the people to himself, and they don't like his message. Um, They are offended by his message. And he at one point says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you you have no part in me. And they're like, "What what are you saying? And he repeats himself. He goes, digs even deeper, right? And they get offended. Jesus had ministered to this crowd. He loved them enough to, to preach the truth to them, and still they rejected him, and they walked away. And we have that part at the end that doesn't necessarily apply directly to what we're talking about, but I love it so much, where Jesus looks at the 12 disciples who are left, and he says, do you want to go away also? And they're like, Lord, where are we going to go? You you have the words of eternal life. And I guess in a way that does apply to what we're talking about, because that's the difference in in dealing with somebody who is an unbeliever and somebody who's a believer. Because when we deal with some of these difficult issues that make Christianity seem bigoted and hateful, as Christians sometimes we have to step back and go, I don't understand all of this. Um, This isn't comfortable, this isn't always fun, but he's got the words of eternal life. Where else am I going to go? That's a message that I often uh, have given to people who who are uh, bringing hatred towards Christianity, who are rejecting the message of the gospel. I say to them, I, I don't, there's nowhere else I can go. This is where truth is. This is where life is. And I know that we don't like it. I know that our sinful flesh wants to rebel against it. But this is where life and peace and joy and hope are truly found. Um, so I guess maybe to, to, to wrap this all up and to bring it to a conclusion, what I want to say is please don't hear me suggesting that it's not important that we We display authentic, genuine Christianity to the world. Um, I do believe that there are many Christians that are hurting the cause of the gospel by their poor behavior, by their pride, by their bigotry. I believe that's absolutely happening and that should be condemned as well. And maybe I'll do another video or podcast that talks about that. Um, But for the purpose of today, I'm saying that we can't, we can't allow ourselves to live and die by the fact of, does the world like us? Are they attracted to the Christianity that we're offering? Because they may see so many of our good works, I mean, Jesus says, they're going to see your good works, they're going to glorify your Father who's in heaven. But for those who who don't glorify God, for those who don't come to bow the knee to Christ, they're going to mock us, they're going to persecute us. When they hear the message that we're proclaiming, it's it's going to offend them, it's going to be a stumbling block to them, to those who don't believe. And so let's understand that, yes, they'll know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. And for some, um, that will lead to them hearing and accepting the gospel, and we praise God for that. But for others, when they recognize we're his disciples, that's the point where they say, um, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I don't, I don't, I don't like you. I don't want to tolerate this message that you're bringing because it, it seems like hatred to me. So Jesus reminds us to love one another as he has loved us. He reminds us to do good to everyone, especially those of the household of the faith. He reminds us through his word that we are called to serve. We are called to sacrifice. We are called to, to do good in this world. He gave us that example. He even did that. And yet he reminds us that there are many times that the world will also hate us. That should not stop us from doing good. That should not stop us from loving one another. That should not stop us from wanting to show the world what authentic Christianity is really like. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm not saying that when you display authentic Christianity, it just ultimately doesn't matter. No, it does matter because God has called us to do that. He's called us to be lights in the world. He's called us to be salt in this culture. So as we do these good things, as we minister, as we reach out, we are being the salt of the earth. We're preserving the culture around us. This is a good, God-honoring, God-glorifying thing, but it will not always result in people liking us. And if you can, if you can get to that truth, it's going to free you because it's going to remind you that you and I are not called to save anybody. See, when I think that my role is to, to, to make people attracted to Christianity, I'm in some way, whether I want to admit it or not, I'm in some way, shape, or form making uh, their conversion my responsibility. I'm saying that I've got to do good enough so that they really believe Christianity. And the only way they'll believe Christianity is if the Holy Spirit works in their hearts through the proclamation of the gospel. And yes, let them see our good works and glorify God. Let them, let them see us love one another um, in, a, in a way that they couldn't, can't even fathom or imagine. Let them see that. But let us proclaim the gospel. Let us understand that we will not always be liked. Most often, we will be hated for the message of the cross that we bring because it's foolishness to the world. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God to salvation, and so I may be mocked for my proclamation of the gospel, um, but it will not stop me um, because the Spirit of Christ dwells in me. Where else am I going to go? He has the words of eternal life, and I've come to know and believe that He is the Son of God, and I cling to Him. I hope this is an encouragement because I say that at the end of every video. That's why I do this podcast, is to encourage but specifically, I hope this video is an encouragement and not, <clears throat> not discouraging to hear. Um, I think that I think there are a lot of Christians that are really spinning their wheels trying to make sure that everybody likes them. And, and the heart behind it is good. I believe that they're, they're seeking to be motivated by love for the world, love for the lost. I love that. Please don't lose that. Please intensify your love for the lost. But face the reality that there are many times that even as we live as authentic Christians, yes, the world will know we're his disciples, but they may not love us for that. They may hate us for that. And let's be free to say, God, this is your work, not mine. And even if the world hates me, I know that they hated you before they hated me. And you love me. You love me with a love that is fierce, that will not go away, that secures my soul, that holds me tight. And that's what I'm going to cling to. Um, so, thanks for watching and listening as always. Um, if this is helpful to you, uh, share it with somebody. Um, this this podcast is not about me as a pastor, just sharing knowledge. Um, I, I want to share God's word. I want to share the wisdom in God's word for the daily things that we face. And I think this is a daily thing that we face is trying to be light in the world, salt in the world. Um, so let's have the right biblical perspective about what that means and what it means to love one another in such a way that the world knows that we are his disciples. Uh, love you all. And I uh, hope to be back next week with another episode of Hold Fast. Until then, God bless.